Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Wherever you are, whether you are in the comfort of your own home, in your car, or in the office, we are so happy that you are joining us today. I have Cassie in the studio with me today. Cassie, how have you been? Yeah, good, Luke. How are you? I have been good. Did you have a good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it's been really good, catching up with family. Yeah, it has been good. I had a really good Christmas and New Year too. Um, we got to spend it down in Port, didn't we? It was yeah, a it was great. great time. And um, yeah, I hope you all had a good Christmas and New Year as well. It's a great time to spend time with uh, family and friends and just have a bit of a break from work. Yeah, definitely. So I'm back at work now. I've been back at work for the last couple of weeks uh, hitting the ground running, doing lots of different things, um, hanging out with people, planning sermons, those things. So Cassie, what are you planning for for this year? Well, I'm planning to go to university. Oh, nice. And yeah. so what are, you, what are you planning on studying at university? Um, hopefully ancient history and archaeology. That's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. That's um, always nice to look back in history and see what's been happening. What is it about ancient history that you really like? Yeah, well... um. I did it for my HSC, Yep. and we had a really good teacher take our history class, which made it a lot of fun, because yep. I know a lot of people find it boring if they don't have the right teacher teaching it, Yep. but our teacher did a great job. We did Pompeii and Herculaneum for our main uh, focus yep. on the unit, and then we did three other units of Egypt. So, oh, nice. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Awesome. Egypt would have been a real uh, fascinating subject to really get back into ancient Egypt because obviously Egypt as we know it today is a lot different yeah. to ancient Egypt and even like biblical Egypt, hey? Yeah, definitely. Like there's lots of dynasties that, to study, but um, mm. we studied the 18th dynasty, yep. which is looked at as one of the strongest dynasties, which is really interesting. And we also studied um, like a key personality, which was Hatshepsut. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting, seeing a female um, queen, really, female pharaoh. So Yeah, okay, so that was a female pharaoh that was ruling at the time. Yeah, so she was co-regent because her son was too young. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, very interesting to look at, yeah. Yeah, so what was, what was so interesting about it? Um, it's really interesting how it works, especially their family situations are very yep. interesting. <laughs> I bet yeah. they would be. Yeah, their uh, family tree basically goes in a circle. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> she ends up... Um, so she has to wait for her son to be old enough and then ends up with him being her husband so they can reign together. So that's oh, how it would work back then. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Different things that happened in ancient times just wouldn't happen today, hey? Yeah, our whole class is like, what? No way. How are they together? That's crazy. Yeah. But even back then, a lot of um, marriages, a lot of things that happened were just for power, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. So they'd try and end up with whoever would get them the most power so that their country could be the strongest and most powerful at the time. Yeah. Okay. Now, you were talking about the 18th dynasty. Now, what years was that? Yeah, so the 18th dynasty basically spanned from 1550 to 1292 BC. Yep, okay, wow. And yeah, it's one of the strongest um, eras of ancient Egypt. Well, I'm guessing that we are all getting a little bit of a ancient history lesson today because that's some of the things that I didn't know. Yeah. Um. So what were some of the things that made it the strongest? Do you remember from your studies? Yeah, so basically the 18th dynasty begun with Amos I, mm-hmm. who was the brother of Kamos, which was the last pharaoh of the 17th dynasty. 
And basically, during his reign, he expelled the Hyksos, which was like a rebel clan that was basically threatening Egypt's power. Yep. And he expelled them from Egypt, which definitely gave the people a lot more security and safety yep. in the land. So, yeah. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Well, there you go, listeners. You can hear a little bit about ancient history. And, you know, something that's special that um, Cassie and I and our families, uh, we're planning on going to Egypt later yes. this year. Very exciting. Um, We've had this opportunity to go to Egypt to help run the second Pathfinder Camp Prix that they've had in Egypt. And so we've been um, working and trying to save up for that trip, which will be exciting because hopefully we'll be able to see some of these places, hey? Yeah, that'll be amazing. I can give you some more history lessons there. Yeah, so after we get back from Egypt, you'll hear some more stuff about Egypt. Well, Cassie, that sounds absolutely amazing. And when you um, are studying this at uni, hopefully you'll be able to build up on what you already know about it. Yeah, definitely. That'll be really awesome. And you'll probably learn more about those different ancient cities um, that we've had in around our world, hey? Yeah, I know that some of my units will be on some ancient Greek. Oh, nice. Which I haven't done much of before. Yep. Which will be really interesting to learn about, yeah. Oh, that'll be awesome. Well, good luck with all your studies this year, and I hope that it goes very, very well. Yeah, thanks, Luke. So we've recently had the Lamb and Potato Festival here in Gaira, and this year, our church decided to do something for the community and participate uh, in the Lamb Potato Festival. And we used the pinnacle challenge that our conference owns, and we brought it up to Gaira, and uh, we ran it free of charge for the community kid. Now, the pinnacle challenge is a seven and a half meter long trailer. It has a wobbly ladder at the front. It has a tightrope in the middle, a rock climbing wall at the end, and a leap of faith um, where people stand on the end of this tower and jump off to grab hold of a bar. Um, everyone's hooked on to safety at all times. We were um, belaying them up and down the walls. And, you know, this last, um, this time that we had it, it was amazing. We had lots of community kids come and yeah. in, enjoy it. You were there yes. um, helping some of those kids jump off that tower. And, like, the experience, I know that there was a couple of kids up there that got stuck and you were able to talk them off. Yes. And they're yeah. able to swing off or jump off. And I was at the bottom belaying them. And, you know, they'd get back down with this huge, big smile on their face because they just achieved something that they didn't think they could. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they were, um, like, some of them were challenging their fear of heights. Yeah. Um, so they were going up. They were scared, but they still did it. And to be able to see them, um, how do you say, to be able to conquer their fear and to do something was just absolutely an amazing blessing. And, you know, God kept the rain away on, on the Sunday because we thought it was going to pour. We weren't mm, going to be able yeah. to do it. Um, the rain stayed away, uh, and we had heaps of community kids out there, and it was just an absolute blast. And when we had to take the pinnacle back down to where it belongs, we had to go down through the Dorigo Hills, and it was wet and it was raining, and, you know, it was a bit sketchy going down there yeah, with, with that trailer. And it was really blessing that we were able to get it back safely and then get back home safely. It was a full day of traveling to be able to take that back. And yeah. really felt God um, looking after us that day, and it was an absolute blessing, yeah. Mm, even like jumping back to running the pinnacle, because yep. I was also helping with people jumping off and the rock climbing wall. Yep, you were. So there was this one girl who was climbing up. She probably had about three holds left to the top. Yep. And she's like, no, I can't do it. Like, I've got nothing left in me. I'm like, no, no, you've got this. Like, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And she's just holding on to it for so long. And I'm like, you've actually got it. Like, you're so close. And then eventually she reaches up and then grabs the last few holds and gives me a high five at the top. 
And it's just crazy, like all these people that think that they don't have anything left yep. when really they have so much left to give and it's really awesome seeing them yep. push through their mental barriers. Yeah, we, we found that with some of the littler ones that didn't quite do the rock climbing wall because they were a bit too little, but they did the wobbly ladder. Yeah. And they'd get right up to the last three runs and like, I can't go any further. Just one more step and they'd go that one more step and then they'd go one more step and would finally yeah. get them to the top. It was a great time for these kids to um, conquer their fears. So hopefully next year at the Lamb Potato Festival that we'll have it back so, um, yeah, the community will be able to enjoy that time. And it was a really good um, initiative from our church to be able to run that um, for the community and get yeah, out and be awesome. a part of it. It was really good. We also had the um, stand for some glow tracks to be given yeah, out and some Steps to Christ books. We gave out a lot of Faith yeah. FM stickers. Um, we're promoting Faith FM because we have Faith FM here in Gaira yeah. um, on 88.0. So that was really cool. A lot of stickers went too. Yeah, so a no, lot of, a lot did, yeah. A lot of people were asking about Faith FM, so that was um, awesome that we were able to do that. Yeah, and it was great seeing some of the glow tracks get taken as well. Yeah, Really awesome, yeah. That was awesome. All right, so today in our episode, uh, we will be having a Bible study on the judgment. Now, we have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy um, Bible study guides. We're up to study number 21, wow. and this has been going... Um, Going fast, you know, and yeah. we're up to study number 21, and it's called The Judgment, and um, I hope you guys enjoy the study that we've prepared for you today. Now, you are able to follow along with our Bible study today, so Cassie, would you like to tell our listeners how they can follow along with us today? Yeah, sure, Luke. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP21 with no spaces to 04888 For the PDF of today's study guide, today we are studying Guide 21, The Judgment. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Caleb and Kelsey with I Need Them. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh.
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We're about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP21 with no spaces to 3831. Our study today is called The Judgment. Okay, Cassie, before we open our Bibles and our study guides, let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we can come together in the studio and have a Bible study. Lord, as we study the judgment and what it is and when it started and how it's going, Lord, I just pray that you speak through us, you speak through your word as we um, learn about the judgment today. Open our hearts and minds to what we are reading and what we are learning and so that we have a better understanding of what the judgment is. We want to thank you for all that you do, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you were convinced that Jesus would return tonight, how would you feel? What would you do? Where would you go? On October 22, 1844, tens of thousands of Christians waited for the Lord's return. They gathered in groups on mountaintops, in churches, and in their own homes. In the months prior, believers across North America and other parts of the world began preparing in earnest for this great event. They prayed and studied their Bibles like never before. Farmers left corn and potato crops unharvested in their fields. Retailers closed the doors of their shops. This advertisement appeared on the front page of a United States newspaper. If I owe anybody any money as a result of my business dealings, and if I've not been faithful in paying it, please let me know so I can pay up my debts, because Jesus is coming on October 22, 1844, and I want to ascend in the clouds and go with him. To their disappointment, Jesus did not come in 1844. So what had gone wrong? Years earlier, a Baptist farmer by the name of William Miller began studying prophecies. He came across a prediction in the book of Daniel that caught his attention. Daniel 8.14 states, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Miller concluded that this prophecy predicted that the date of the second coming of Jesus. He did his calculations and determined that Christ would return in 1843 or 1844. William Miller began a worldwide movement that came from Baptist, Methodist, Catholics and many other religions. At its peak, there were over 3,000 ministers and up to 100,000 followers waiting for the Lord's return. When Jesus did not return, hopes were shattered. This event has gone down in history as the Great Disappointment. So why didn't Jesus return all those years ago? Did William Miller miss something? What is the cleansing of the sanctuary? Is there any connection between the sanctuary and God's judgment? And if there is, should we be fearful of the judgment today? In today's study, we will investigate the subject of the judgment. Amazingly, we will discover that the judgment is in session right now. Alright, so question 1 says, How many people will face the judgment? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Judgment is not optional. All of us will face our Creator and be answerable for the decisions that we have made in life. Some are afraid of this event and don't want to talk about it. But if we put our trust and our confidence in Jesus, there is no need to be nervous. We can even look forward to the judgment. And question number two says, Will the judgment take place prior to the second coming of Jesus? Well, the Bible says in Revelation 22 verse 12, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus will come with his reward, to give to everyone according to his work. A reward must firstly be determined before it can be given. Therefore, there is a time prior to Christ's return when the judgment takes place. This judgment determines who is saved and who is lost. Like any courtroom, there will be an investigation of the evidence, followed by a verdict and a sentence. For the Christian, the sentence, or reward, is an eternity with our friend and saviour Jesus. Question 3 says, How did the prophet Daniel describe the judgment? Well, Daniel 7 verse 9 and 10 says, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued, and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him, ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Daniel saw in his vision the judgment in heaven's sanctuary. God sat on his throne... The court was seated. Millions of angels were present. Yeah, and then the books were opened for investigation and the judgment began. Daniel portrays this scene as a major and spectacular event. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP21 with no spaces to 04888808831 for the PDF of today's study guide. We are on study guide number 21, The Judgment. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around and get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Chelsea Moon with Before the Throne. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible, or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 21 and at question 4. So question 4 in our study says, what is the purpose of the judgment? Well, let's have a look at Daniel chapter 7 and verse 18. And the Bible says, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. 
The judgment confirms we will be saved at the second coming. The prophet Daniel saw in vision a barrage of attacks against God's people throughout history. He then saw the judgment of God's solution to reward his people. That's in Daniel chapter 7, 18 and 22. God's heart's desire is to save all humanity, which is in 2 Peter 3 verse 9. A period of judgment alerts us to the fact that time is running out. Now is the time to be sorry for our sins. Now is the time for complete trust and dependence on Jesus. Yeah, and the judgment has epic consequences. In a bizarre twist, God is not just the judge, but he is also the one being judged. In Romans chapter 3 verse 4. The whole universe will see God's judgment on every being throughout history. At the completion of the judgment, there will be no doubt that God is love, God is fair, and God is righteous. The judgment is an integral step in solving the problem of sin, not just for now, but forever. Question 5. Who are the key players in the judgment? Well, John 5 verse 22 says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Those involved in the judgment include God the judge, which is in Daniel 7 verse 9, yeah, and in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9 and 10, it tells us that Satan is the accuser. And in 1 John 2 verse 1, Jesus is our defender. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, it tells us that it's human beings being judged. And in Daniel 7 verse 10, angels are the witnesses. The judgment is good news. The Father has given the role of judgment to Jesus. So Jesus, our lawyer or advocate, will also be our judge. Imagine that. Jesus died in our place. He fulfilled the sentence for our sins. And you know, as a result, Jesus can be both just and gracious. If you put your complete trust in Jesus, you will be cleared in the judgment. Question number six says, on what basis will we be judged? We have about three passages of scripture that we're going to read now. And the first one is Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14. And the Bible says, For God will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And in 1 John 2.1 it says, My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And our third passage of scripture for this question is found in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. And the Bible says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. God's law is the standard in the judgment. God records every thought and behavior. The whole of heaven is aware of what we do, even if our sins are done in secret. So how can a just God declare a guilty person not guilty? Well, look, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death in Romans 6 verse 23. We are guilty. We deserve to die. But Jesus took our sentence and died in our place. Since he is the one we sinned against, he is the only one who can take the punishment for our sins. When we confess our sins, two things take place. We are declared not guilty and we are declared righteous. Amen. Jesus justifies us freely by his grace in Romans chapter 3 verse 24. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That means we are saved. In the judgment, Jesus promises his followers that he will not blot their names out of the book of life. On the contrary, 
It will be the record of their sins that will be blotted out in Acts chapter 3 verse 19. But consider this. You may wonder why a God of love and mercy does not take everyone to heaven. After all, doesn't he want everyone to be there? Yeah, exactly. But God will take to heaven everyone who is happy to be there. Heaven is more about a friendship with Jesus than a mansion up in the sky. To the believer seeing the face of Jesus will be the pinnacle of life. And in Revelation 6:14 to 16 the unbeliever will see it as torture. If we don't enjoy the time with God on earth, we certainly won't enjoy it in heaven. God respects our choices. It is the same mercy that keeps some people out of heaven as it is that allows others into heaven. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP21 with no spaces to 04888808831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide 21, The Judgment. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Scripture Lullabies with the Lord bless you and keep you.
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about the judgment. We have learned from the Bible that every single human that has ever lived has to face the judgment. And this judgment happens in heaven before Jesus returns. The good news about the judgment is it confirms who will spend eternity with Jesus. God's desire is to save all humanity. So the period of the judgment is to alert us that time is running out and we need to turn to Jesus now. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 21 and at question number 7. Question 7. When does the judgment begin? In Daniel 8 verse 14 it says, And he said to me, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. The book of Daniel covers the big issues in the great conflict between Christ and Satan. In chapter 7, the prophets saw the rise and fall of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. He then saw the little horn, power of the medieval church. Once this power fell, which occurred in 1798, Daniel saw the judgment take place, which is found in Daniel 7 verse 9 to 11. So we know the judgment would occur sometime after the year 1798. And in chapter 8, the timing of the judgment becomes very specific. Daniel once again saw the large superpowers of the world histories, including the Antichrist power. They were attacking God's people and ruling the world. Daniel responded by asking how long all these attacks would last. Daniel was told that all the conflict and apostasy would last for 2,300 days before the sanctuary would be cleansed. This literally made him sick with anxiety. It was found in Daniel 8.27. It was clear that this prophecy was a long way off because the prediction would come to fulfillment many days into the future, which is found in Daniel 8.26. Daniel likely knew that a prophetic day was a year, and so he looked down the barrel of 2,300 years. He went to his knees in prayer. Daniel's heartfelt prayer is found in the next chapter, Daniel chapter 9. In fact, the key to understanding the time frame of Daniel 8.14 is to recognize that Daniel 8 and 9 are part of the one vision and prophecy. In the original scripture manuscript, there was never a division made between the chapters. Daniel prayed earnestly for his city and people, asking forgiveness and cleansing. God responded to Daniel's prayer by sending his angel Gabriel, which is found in Daniel 9, 20 and 22. Gabriel was the same angel seen in the vision of chapter 8 at the beginning, which is found in Daniel 9, verse 21. Throughout chapter 8, Gabriel identified the beast's powers and described the event that would take place at the end of the 2,300 days, which is the cleansing of the sanctuary. The only thing missing was the starting date for the 2,300-day prophecy. In chapter 9, Gabriel provides the starting date and provides further details of the vision that relates specifically to Daniel's city and people. Jerusalem and the Jews, in Daniel 9, 24-27, this prophecy is also outlined in detail in the study that we did, The Mystery Man of Prophecy. Gabriel said this section of the vision is determined, which literally means divided or cut off. From the total time frame of 2,300 days, which is found in Daniel 9 verse 24. As a result, we can be certain that the starting date for the 2,300-day prophecy is exactly the same as the starting date for the Messiah prophecy of Daniel 9. 
They are both sections of the one prophecy. The starting date of this prophecy was a command allowing the Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the city in Daniel 9.25. This decree found in Ezra chapter 7 was made by King Artaxerxes in the seventh year of his reign in 457 BC. This starting date of 457 BC is verified in history through the writings of the Greek historian Herodotus, through Babylonian records and through the Alexandrian astronomer Ptolemy, counting 2,300 literal years from 457 BC brings us to 1844, the start of the cleansing of the sanctuary. William Miller's study had been extensive. He had the timing correct, but the event was wrong. Miller did not understand the meaning of the cleansing of the sanctuary. He thought it meant the cleansing of the earth by fire at the second coming of Jesus. So what is the cleansing of the sanctuary? And why does Daniel connect it to the judgment? The best way to answer this question is to review the cleansing of the sanctuary on earth. This event points very clearly to the work of judgment by Jesus in the heaven sanctuary. We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number in your phone, 4 That's 4 And wait for the code word that is coming up very soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Jimmy Kimmett with Burdens. When you're all alone When there's trouble Stirring in your soul And if your world is Falling apart And just hold on For the morning break to dawn Come and lay your burdens down to the place where freedom is found At the feet, at the feet of Jesus Come and lay your burdens down When the deepest sorrow weighs on your heart when you've prayed for answers, but the answers never come For every tear that you cry There's a promise, He will make your burdens light Come and lay your burdens down To the place where All our worries 
will surely fade away in the presence of his glorious light we'll sing hallelujah to the one who gave us love come and lay your burdens down to the place where freedom is found at the feet at the feet of Jesus come and lay your Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about the judgment. We learnt from the Bible that Daniel chapter 8 and 9 are connected, and are one vision and prophecy. The 2300 day prophecy in Daniel 8 verse 14 is a time period of 2300 years, spanning from 457 BC to 1844. This date is the start of the cleansing of the sanctuary. But what is the cleansing of the sanctuary, and what has it got to do with the judgment? Well, let's have a look, but first, if you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers, or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 21 at question 8. So question number 8 in our study says, When was the earthly sanctuary cleansed? We have two passages of Scripture, and the first one is found in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 27. And the Bible says, Also, the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Our second verse is also from Leviticus, from chapter 16, verse 30. For on that day the priest shall make atonement for you, to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. As animal sacrifices were offered each day, the priest took the blood and sprinkled it inside the holy place of the sanctuary. On other occasions, the priest ate part of the flesh of the sacrifice. Both services symbolized the transfer of sin and death from the animal into the sanctuary. On one day each year, a special event took place. On the Day of Atonement, the High Priest entered the Most Holy Place into the very presence of God and His law. The Day of Atonement, also known as At-One-Ment or Yom Kippur, was the day set aside to ensure complete harmony between God and man. The purpose was to cleanse both the sanctuary and the sinner. The record of sin built up in the sanctuary throughout the year, symbolized by the blood. After the Day of Atonement, the sin was symbolically blotted out and the sanctuary was cleansed of sin. This was a day of judgment. The people of Israel would afflict their souls by making sure there were no specific sins that were unconfessed or unforsaken. On this day, those who refused to confess their sins were judged guilty and cut off from God's people. That's found in Leviticus 
23 verse 29. Question 9. How will the heavenly sanctuary be cleansed? In Hebrews 9 verse 23 it says, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens, which is the earthly sanctuary, should be purified with these, which is the blood of animals. But the heavenly things themselves, which is the heavenly sanctuary, with better sacrifices than these, which is the precious blood of Jesus. The cleansing of the sanctuary predicted by Daniel cannot refer to the earthly sanctuary. The Jewish temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD and has never been rebuilt. The events and symbols of the earthly sanctuary point to Jesus and the sanctuary in heaven. So what is happening in heaven? It may seem strange that a perfect heavenly sanctuary should be cleansed, but the record of our sins is in the sanctuary. The cleansing of the heavenly sanctuary is the removal of the record of our sin from the book of heaven, which is found in Daniel 7 verse 10. It is the judgment. Can you imagine how good it will feel to go to heaven and see none of your sins recorded there? It will be good. But before our sins are blotted out, God looks into the books to determine who has accepted the free gift of salvation. There will be some who believe they are Christians, and yet they have not fully accepted Jesus or committed their life to Him. That's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. Those who have not fully accepted Jesus will have their names, not their sins, blotted from the book of life. That's Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Question number 10 says, What impact should the judgment have on our life? Well, let's have a look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. And the Bible says, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. And worship Him who made the heavens and earth, the sea and springs of water. Living at our time in earth's history is not business as usual. God's judgment has come. Not may come, not will come, but has come. The judgment is now in session. It is time for a spiritual revival and reformation. It is time to worship the Creator God. It is time to live a spirit-filled life. It is time to be free from the guilt and power of sin. God is patient. He is passionate about saving people. He has waited for many years for people to repent. But soon time will run out. Jesus will return so we can live with Him forever. If you have not already committed your entire life to Him, then why not do so today? We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number in your phone, 04888-80831. That's 04888-80831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Andrew Peterson with Always Good.
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we have been studying about the judgment. We have discovered that the cleansing of the sanctuary was the blotting out of sins from the sanctuary that happened once a year on the Day of Atonement. And it was a day of judgment. As the earthly sanctuary was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD and has not been rebuilt, so the author of Hebrews points us to the heavenly sanctuary. The cleansing of the heavenly sanctuary is the removal of the record of our sins from the books of heaven. The judgment is about God looking into the books of heaven and seeing who has accepted his free gift of salvation. In the judgment, God is just honoring our decisions whether or not we have accepted his free gift of salvation. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. All right, Cassie, we're up to our three points to remember from our study um, today. And yep. the three points to remember are the judgment began in 1844. Jesus is both our advocate and judge. And point number three, now is the time to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen. What do you think of those three points? You reckon they sum up our study pretty good? Yeah, I think so, Luke. Yeah. Me too. Like, you know, we went through uh, the prophecies of Daniel to show that that finished in 1844. Mm. And um, I love how it shows that Jesus is both our advocate and judge. Yeah, and also the urgency with now is the time to accept Jesus. Yeah, it is. Because, like, if we didn't have that urgency, we'd be like, oh, yeah, we've got a little bit of time left. Yeah, exactly. But the Bible shows that we don't. Like, this world is wrapping up and it is time to... Um, have that spiritual revival and to be able to commit our lives to Jesus. Exactly, yeah. Here's a story from our study. Karen was raised in a Christian home. Her father's friend Robert remembers Karen as a bright, bubbly girl. She loved to go on church camps and get out into nature. It seemed to Robert that Karen didn't have a care in the world. When she became a teenager, Karen began experimenting with alcohol and drugs. Over time, the impact of sin took hold of her life. She became a heroin addict, a prostitute, and her whole life was a mess. She became pregnant to a man she met on the street. When Karen named her new baby, she called her Hope. Possibly she wanted hope in her own life, and she saw the baby as a symbol of hope. Karen's life went further into a nosedive. She went to jail for stealing and prostitution and left her young child in the hands of her parents. After many years, Robert was told that Karen was coming home, and she would finally be reunited with young Hopi, as her grandparents called her. When Robert saw Karen walk into the room after so many years, he couldn't believe his eyes. Her face was marked and ugly. She was so thin and she appeared ill. She looked haggard and sin-worn. Words could not describe how repulsed he was at the sight of this girl who had ruined her life. Then Hopi saw her mother. Her reaction was different. She took one look at Karen and said, Oh, look at Mummy! Isn't she beautiful? She didn't see a woman affected by sin. She saw a loving and lovable mother. You may also feel at times that you have ruined your life with sin. However, in the judgment when God looks at you, he doesn't see a hopeless case. He sees Jesus standing in your place and covering your life. You are not worthless. You are a child of God who has infinite value. How do you feel when you realize that Jesus accepts you and loves you just as you are? I think that's a pretty amazing feeling. You yeah. know, like, I know I sin every day and I repent every day, um, but Jesus still loves us. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, when people do things to us and they go like, after they do it a couple of times, you're like, well, I don't think this person really 
cares too much and you sort of start yeah. to cut them off or put distance between you. And sin is so engrossed in this world that we just sin each day. And But Jesus still loves us. He still cares for us and he still forgives us. Exactly. And he doesn't, he doesn't see us um, like this story. You know, he no. sees us like the child sees his mother. Yeah. Um, or her mother, sorry. And that's just a great feeling knowing that no matter what I've done or what I'm going through, yeah, Jesus still loves me and still looks at me like that. Yeah, exactly. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, well, look, I think it's amazing that Jesus mm. accepts us and loves us just how we are, but it doesn't mean we need to stay how we are. We mm. need to let his spirit change us. It does, and that's that feeling that we get when he accepts us is that, wow, it's amazing that the why do we follow God is because of what he's already done for us. Exactly. Right, so when we feel that grace and that acceptance and love from Jesus, you have no option but to love him back. Exactly. Like his love for us just as we are is life-changing in itself. Yeah, definitely. And that sort of leads into our relational questions um, part of our study today. And the first one is, what would you say to someone who feels they are not good enough to face the judgment? Well, I reckon, reckon? I reckon, Luke, that there isn't a not good enough to face a judgment. If you love God and you accept him and live mm. a life in his word and like grounded in the Bible... You are good enough to face the judgment. Yeah, because of him. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because in ourselves, none of us are good enough. Yeah, no, we're all sinful. Right? If if we didn't have Jesus in the judgment, we're guilty. Exactly. Right? We are nobody is good enough to face the judgment on their own. But when we um face the judgment with Jesus standing in as our advocate, he is one that covers us. So when the judgment is being made, we are being judged on Christ's character, not ours. Yeah, exactly. We're covered by his blood. Yeah. And um, I've, I've talked to people about, about this. They're like, oh, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm like, no, you're not. That's why Jesus died. Yeah, exactly. Because if we were good enough, he wouldn't have had to. Yeah, exactly. So true. So why do you think Jesus is the ideal advocate in the judgment? Yeah, well, I think Jesus is the ideal advocate in the judgment for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Firstly, he's God's son. And secondly, he came to earth and lived a life full of temptation just like we do every day, but did not sin once. Yeah. And that makes him perfect, like the perfect lamb. Yeah, it does. You know, because he was was fully God, yet fully human. Exactly. Yeah. And he identified with us. He knows what it is like. Yeah. You know when you have that friend that... Um, is going through the same things you've been through. Yeah. You can identify with the pain and the hurt. Um, Jesus can identify with us. Exactly. He lived in this sinful world and he relied on his Father's power to get through. So we can rely on the Father's power, on Jesus' power, to be able to get through this life. So Cassie, our next question in our discussion time here um, is, what do you find is the most effective way to overcome sin? Yeah, well, Luke, like you said before, we sin every day mm. and the only way to overcome it is through God. Yep. And I love Definitely. Ephesians 6, how it talks about the armor of God. Yep. And me personally, on my prayer wall, I have a huge prayer about putting on the armor of God each day because that's very important yep. to fight the battle, the spiritual battle. But also not just all the armor, I like to focus on verse 18 as well, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Yep. So just praying for God to help you overcome sin. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that idea of always having the armor of God. And we yeah, should, exactly. every day we should be praying that we have the armor of God 
on us each and every day because that's what's going to protect us from Satan and all his arrows that he throws at us, yeah. his temptations that he throws at us. You know, for me, my most effective way is is relying on God. Yeah. You know, you ever heard that um, acronym FROG? That was fully rely on God. Yes, yeah. Right? We have to fully rely on God each and every day because we cannot get through this sinful world without sinning without God in our lives. And to be able to be protected by him, to be asking him for help and courage and strength. Um, and that is, that is how I, um, endeavor to overcome sin. And it is only through Jesus that I cannot, cannot do it on my own. Yeah, exactly. Even speaking on acronyms, um, what would Jesus do? Yep. Is another one. I did see yep. a funny thing though that was, um, an acronym that said Jesus wouldn't have got himself in this situation to start with, which yeah, is pretty is funny. <laughs> but, um, he wouldn't have. yeah. But the, you know the great thing about that is, like, yeah, he wouldn't have got his wouldn't have got himself in that situation, but that doesn't mean he doesn't love us any less. Yeah, no, of course. And he he meets us where we're at. Yeah, and Amen. it's uh, so good, isn't it? Okay, so at the end of each study, we have a response question because every time um, we do a study, or when you even find new truths in the Bible, you need to have a response. Not something like, oh, yeah, that's good, but a question or something that you can ask yourself is answering to. And in this study, the, the response question is, the judgment is now in session. Will you decide to accept Jesus today and ask him to be your advocate in the judgment? Um, today, my answer is yes, because I can't face the judgment without Jesus being my advocate. And um, what about you? Yeah, amen, Luke. I completely agree. Without Jesus... There's no way we're getting through that judgment. So Yeah, that's true. And I ask the same question to you listeners. Think about it. Like, um, will you decide to accept Jesus today and ask him to be your advocate in the judgment? And I pray that uh, you, will, you will say yes to that. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for um, tuning in today to Faith FM and to Table and Explorers as we've gone through this study. And thank you, Cassie, for coming into the studio yeah, thanks, and Luke. having the study with us. Um, it's been a blessing. It's been really good. We've learned a lot about the judgment today. And, you know, we've scratched the surface. Like The judgment can be so deep in Scripture, and I encourage you to, um, to study more yourself into learning about what the judgment is, but to remember that if you have Jesus on your side, then you have no fear for the judgment. Because the Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 22, it says the judgment was made in favor of the saints. We don't need to be afraid of the judgment, everybody. If you have your life in Jesus, then you will make it to the judgment because the judgment is in your favor. Amen. So as we wrap up today, uh, Cassie, would you like to um, finish with a word of prayer? Yeah, definitely, Luke. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that Luke and I could be here in the studio together and get another study to the listeners. I pray that you use this study to um, reach as many people to further your kingdom. Mm. I also want to pray over the listeners and that they can choose you and that they don't have to be afraid of the judgment because you are the perfect sacrifice to cover our sins. I pray that each of us could be clothed with the armor of God and that we can stand up against temptation and overcome sin. I thank you that you're a loving God and that you're always here for us, no matter what. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay, it has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today, we have a book titled 1844 Made Simple. Clifford Goldstein was a man who came unbearably close to denying the credibility of 1844 and the judgment and leaving the church that taught it. Then he sat down with just his Bible and studied the book of Daniel. 
the book 1844 Made Simple is the result of his study. And this book is the boldest, most simple explanation and ringing endorsement of this paramount biblical teaching. He explains how the prophecies of Daniel do point to 1844. In his book, he has great diagrams and simple explanations. It is an easy read and this book makes the prophecies of Daniel easy to understand and remember. When I read this book, it helped me understand the prophecies of Daniel and the judgment so much and it helped me to remember them as well. I highly recommend this book. If you would like this book, then you need the code word hashtag TE33. Text that code to 0488880831. Our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we'll get this book to you as soon as we can. We only have five to give away, so text in now. The code again is hashtag TE33. Text that code to 048880831 to get your free copy of the book 1844 Made Simple. Our next study is called Why So Many Churches? If there is one God and one Bible, why are there so many different churches today? When Jesus said in John 10 verse 16, there will be one flock and one shepherd, was he saying there is only one true church? Join us next week as we discover a prophecy that describes the history and characteristics of God's true church of the last days. Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalm 119, God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless and we'll catch you next time.